It's a blessing to to be here this evening. Special blessing to witness a baptism again. It's always a highlight to in the life of the church when young people are baptized. Not just young people, but when people are baptized. And special blessing to our granddaughters. Uh, a phrase that caught my attention, um, the baptismal vows, was, uh, and, like as, and like as Christ was raised up by the glory of the Father, even so you shall walk in newness of life. I hope that you can remember that all your life. Walking in the newness of life. <clears throat> Scriptures we'll be sharing this evening are, are not new to us. Probably most of us here tonight are well familiar with, with the New Testament, with the Bible. And uh, we'll not be bringing anything new. But it's our heart to encourage us in our journey of faith. And especially our young sisters. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's the scripture text I'd like to leave with us tonight. The verse. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's two things in this verse that we must believe. Number one, we must believe that God is and we must believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without this faith, without this belief, it is impossible to please God, our creator. What is faith? Verse 1 says, "Faith." Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another translation says like this, Faith is the assurance of, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And if I would paraphrase the Pennsylvania Dutch translation, which to me is a lot clearer, to you it's confusion probably, most of you, it would say like this, faith is that which makes us sure of that which we hope for. It's the surest of our hope. Mark chapter 16. I'll be turning to numerous scriptures tonight. You're welcome to turn with me as I, I read, turn to these scriptures and read them. Mark chapter 16. Verse 9 says, was after Jesus was risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, and she went and told them that had been with him, probably referring to the eleven disciples, as they mourned and wept, they were mourning and weeping about concerning Jesus' death, 
And they, when they heard her, that he was alive, that Jesus was alive, and that she had seen him, they believed not. After this, verse 12, Jesus appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country, probably referring to the two men on their way to Emmaus. And they went and told it unto the eleven, neither believed they them. Verse 14, afterward Jesus appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And Jesus said unto them, to the eleven, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Two things we see, the commission and the promise. These two young sisters heard the preaching of the gospel. You've heard it over and over again in your lifetime. You're only a short time here, but you've heard the preaching of the gospel over and over again. And you've responded to the gospel's message, to that commission, to that call. You believed, you saved, and then you were baptized. Praise the Lord for that. A commission and a promise. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I trust I'm talking to people tonight that, that we amen to that. Jesus came unto his own. He was sent by his Father. He was in the beginning. And he was with the Father in the beginning. And he was sent by God to his own, which was, I believe, the Jewish nation. But they did not receive him. They rejected him. They cried out, crucify him, away with him. But the promise is, as many as received him, and receive him, we could say, to them he gave, he gives power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that is, we have these two sisters are witness to that this evening. They believed, they received, they accepted the message, the gospel message, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John chapter 3, the well-known story. The Pharisee, his name was Nicodemus. Comes to Jew, he was a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus at nighttime. 
And he said to Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you're a good man. We know that you're from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus' response, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canest not whence it cometh, whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, I, can just, I just imagine Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee, a man highly esteemed by his people, his response says, how can this be? How can these things be? He just didn't understand. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a minister of Israel? Art thou, art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I, told you, if I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, and even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And now, what Jesus had to say with Nic- to Nicodemus, I believe Nicodemus understood very well. As Moses, was, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... Whosoever, of all nations, of all kindreds, of all people, of all races, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The Gospel according to John has been a blessing in my life. And I've taken note of all the verses, all the times that John spoke of believing. I don't know how many times he mentions the word believing, but there are a lot of verses in the gospel according to John that speak of believing. And I have found these verses, these scriptures, many times in my life as a Christian to be very, very encouraging. Times when I doubt. Times when the devil would throw darts of doubt in my mind at me. When I was discouraged. 
Remember, I was going through a hard time in my life. Many times I would turn to the book of John and read all the verses that speak of believing and the wonderful promises that come with believing. Tremendous. Tremendous. And I'm not going to refer to all of them this evening. Just a few of them. John 5, verse 24, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. John chapter 11, Jesus conversing with Martha. Martha says, this is where her brother Lazarus was sick and died. And then after he was buried, Jesus came to visit Martha and Mary. And Martha, when she knew that heard that Jesus had come, she went as soon as she heard verse 20 of chapter 11 of St. John and said, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And I ask that question to us tonight. Do you believe that? Yeah, we're, we're going to die physically, except the Lord return before. But eternally, we will never die if we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Wonderful promise. Now turn with me to John chapter 20. This is a... uh, John's account of what happened after the resurrection... Verse 19, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus, to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Verse 24 says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, would have been eleven at this time, was not with them when Jesus came. And then when Thomas, after Jesus had departed and left, the other disciples said to Thomas, verse 25, 
We have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord, the Master, our Rabbi, our Teacher. He that walked with us for three years and taught us and did all these miracles. The one who was crucified and died and buried. We've seen him. He's alive. Notice what Thomas says. Except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. That's quite a statement. Thomas is simply saying, unless I, I don't care what you say, unless I see it with my eyes, I will not believe. And that's the way Thomas lived for eight days. Because eight days later, the disciples again were gathered together. The doors were shut. And Jesus appeared in their midst and said, Peace be unto you. And according to the scripture, the first thing that Jesus said after he said, Peace be unto you, he said, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Can you imagine Thomas? Thomas just answered and said, My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. It must have been an emotional experience for those disciples. Emotional experience. And Jesus said, and this is what I like, This is so precious. Jesus said unto Thomas, he said, Because, Thomas, because you have seen me, because you have seen my hands and the nail prints, and because you've seen the hole in my side, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And that's for you and I tonight. That's for all of us tonight. We have not seen Jesus with our physical eyes. We have not seen the nail prints. As at this point, I believe one day we shall see them. But at this time, we have not seen Jesus and the result of the crucifixion. But we believe. We believe. And Jesus says, blessed are we. And then verse 30, and many other signs, uh, truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Verse 31 is is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I just love this verse. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. That, that verse is so precious. I just love that verse. It means so much to me. And Donnie, if I remember correctly, you, you shared your testimony. Sometimes you've been discouraged. Think of that verse. Just claim that promise. Many th- other things that Jesus did, that John says, are not written. I think it says in the last, uh, well, the last verses of chapter 21, I believe, uh, if, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. (coughs) 
I'd like to jump back to First John. Imagine how that in, in the gospel, according to John, we have so many scripture verses that relate to believing. And if we turn to the epistle of John, it just continues. His thought continues. And First John chapter 5, verse 9, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That ye may know, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. We could go to the book of Acts, and notice numerous times account where uh, baptism was performed and uh, how the, the disciples then were faithful to that great commission and how they went out preaching the gospel and many people responded to the gospel and were baptized, were added to the church. Uh, one account particularly that stands out to me is in Acts chapter 8 where we have Philip, the evangelist, who after the church was, after persecution broke out in Jerusalem, the church was scattered, and Philip went out, and he was, went preaching, and he went all through the, the, the cities of the area of Samaria, he preaching the gospel, many people believed, received the gospel message, and were saved, and were baptized, And then the angel came to Philip and said, Arise, chapter 8, verse 26, Go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Now the angel, according to the scripture, does not tell Philip why he is to go down to the desert. But Philip went. The angel said to go, and Philip went. God had a purpose. God's timing is always right. God's timing is always perfect. Philip goes to Gaza, to the desert, on the way that goes down from Jerusalem onto Gaza, which is desert. And as he went, he saw uh, an Ethiopian, he saw a chariot, and in this chariot was an Ethiopian eunuch, returning from Jerusalem, who'd going there to worship. He was going from Jerusalem, where he was, had worked on to worship, returning back to his country, Ethiopia. And it appears that he wasn't only worshiping in Jerusalem, but as he was traveling in this chariot, he was still worshiping because he was reading the book of Isaiah. And... Uh, Philip and the eunuch met. The chariot met. We don't have a name for the eunuch. So the spirit 
said unto Philip, verse 29, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. So Philip runs to the chariot and he heard the eunuch reading the prophet Isaiah. And Philip said, Do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch said, well, how can I except some man guide me? And he asked Philip to come up into the chariot and sit with him. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this, Isaiah chapter 53. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from him? And the eunuch said to Philip, is, is this prophet speaking of himself or somebody else? And Philip took that opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ to this eunuch. It says, Philip opened his mouth, began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And I don't know how long and how far they traveled with Philip preaching Jesus to the eunuch. Maybe it was a mile, maybe it was 10, maybe it was 20. I don't know if the Bible doesn't tell us. But as, as they were traveling, the eunuch was taking all this in Apparently, Philip must have mentioned baptism. I don't know. Because up ahead, there was some water. And the eunuch said to Philip, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip's response was, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Now, I don't have any question this evening, but that you two girls believe with all your heart. And this was the this was the Eunuch's testimony. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then he commanded the chariot to stand still, and Philip baptized the Eunuch. And the spirit caught Philip away, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. And I trust as you girls, as you, as you leave this evening, you will, be, you will go on your way rejoicing. We could turn to many other scriptures. Uh, Romans 10, just encourage you girls to... to uh, in the near future, read Romans 10. Many precious promises in Romans 10. Paul speaks of faith and how that uh, his heart, his heart's desire for Israel is that they would be saved. But they, they refused. Their eyes were blinded to the truth of the gospel. And in, rather than submitting unto the righteousness of Jesus Christ, God's righteousness for their life, they went about they were going about endeavoring to establish their own righteousness. 
Verse 8, Romans 10, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto, made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It's a wonderful scripture. Scripture of assurance. Thus far we've been speaking of faith. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now I'm going to, last part of this, the message, won't be much longer. I'm just going to turn a little bit and think now a little different direction. We've been talking about faith, believing. The book of James, we have much on faith. But James reminds us, exhorts us, that faith apart from works is dead. So we might say that's the other side of the coin. Faith apart from works is dead. James 2 verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? We believe that true faith is a faith that expresses itself in works. It's not by works. I think our sister quoted that verse in, uh, in Ephesians. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of your works... Should know that by heart. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we believe that salvation is not by works. But it's through faith, by faith, and it's a faith that brings forth work, that produces works, that gives evidence. Our faith should give evidence of itself in our life. <clears throat> faith, I wrote it down like this, and it, I can't express it the way I understand it and the way I'd like to, but this is the way I wrote it down. Faith gives expression in our walk, in how we live. And if my walk and how I live does not or is contrary to the, to the scriptures, then my faith is to be questioned. 
2 Peter verse 1. Verse 3, as, he, as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, Virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. So it's more than just faith. Yes, faith is the foundation. Unless we believe, without faith it is impossible to please God. But we need to add to that faith. Faith needs to be added to. He says... For if these things, these things that are added to faith, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye should neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Now in just a few cl closing thoughts I'd like to turn to Colossians. As we think of faith giving an expression, expressing itself in our walk, in how we live. Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, Joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Growth. You know, as parents... Bring back a lot of memories as we think of our children when they were born. You know, they were so helpless. There was life there. But the joy in seeing growth in our little children. You know, we remember the day when they started crawling or they were sitting. And then they started walking. And then they started running. And then they started talking. You know, it's just exciting to see growth in little children. Well, it's exciting to see growth in new converts as well. Growth. We expect that, don't we? And even when we turn 70, we're still growing. Right, Ralph? 80? You're still growing at 80? <laughs> yes. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that marvelous? I, I believe that as long as we're in this life, as long as I'm here in this life, I'm going to be growing in the Lord. And, and my prayer is often, I believe it's, uh, I'm not sure where it's found, I should know, but growing grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's my desire, to grow in grace and in the knowledge. 
Uh, Colossians chapter 3, this is a message, and this would be a message in itself. But the admonition here, uh, and I want to leave this with, with the girls this evening. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So that's the, I like to leave that with us, all of us tonight, not only the girls, but all of us together. We, we, our testimony is, we profess, we confess that we have risen with Christ. We have, we're walking in a newness of life. If that, or since that is the case, let us seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. And to set our mind, you know, it's so easy to have our minds filled with earthly cares. May it be family, may it be work, may it be business, or whatever it is. But the scripture exhorts us to set our mind, have our mind, let our mind be thinking on things above heavenly things eternal things and I can testify that as I get older it seems I'm, I, 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 think, I think more and more of the things above and I, I just want to grow in that and then he says in verse 5 he has, talks about mortifying or putting to death the, the, the members of our body, the, the fleshly things. I think of the verse in Romans chapter 13. Uh, it's the last verse in Romans 13. A uh, verse that, uh, that I, is precious to me. It says, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And that's a responsibility that we all have. That if we give this flesh the opportunity... It will fulfill its loss. I don't care if you're 70 or 80 or 90. As long as we're in this flesh, it will fulfill its loss if we give it room. And the scripture tells us we're not to make provision. And, and for me, to make that practical, there's places that I can't go. Because I know if I go to a certain place, I will make provision for my flesh to fulfill its loss. There's books that I can't read. And you just, you just go on and on and on. But there's things that you and I have to do. And girls, you will be, you'll learn as you go on in life. There's things that you're going to have to say no to. Because if you allow your flesh, if you, to, if you give room to your flesh, it will fulfill its lusts. And, and there's so much in this chapter, chapter uh, 3 of Colossians. Just read it sometime talks about how we need to mortify and, 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 uh, and above uh, put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. We're not to lie. Uh, we're to put off the old man. We're to put on the new man. And uh, verse 12, we're to put on we're a holy uh, as holy beloved, we're to put on bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. 
forbearing, long-suffering, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which binds them all together. It's the bond of perfectness. These are some of the expressions or the works of faith. There's so many more in the scriptures. In closing, I'd just like to leave with you uh, Romans 10. Now the just, well, I should begin reading verse 37. I could go on up further, but I'll start in verse 37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Now the just shall live by faith. Or like another translation gives the thought, the just will live out his faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. May the Lord bless.